0: You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with J and J.
1: Welcome back to our podcast. Thank you, Desmond. As always, such a beautiful intro. Sewing and Grown with Jay and J. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to just share a funny, we got a different table up here and it's perfect for my height because I am significantly taller than John. Um, but he significantly. is significantly. He actually has two chairs. It's like a booster seat. I double
0: stacked my green chairs on top of each other. I got a booster seat.
1: He's in a booster seat, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I just thought that was kind of funny and thought you should know. Since you're only listening to this, you can't really see us. Just know that John is on a booster seat.
0: My toes are barely touching the carpet. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. This week we are going to talk about a subject um, called houseplants. And um, it's not necessarily what you think, but. What you're thinking right now, I will address. Plants that belong in the house. Let's just talk about that for a minute. When I think of a, of a good house plant, I think of low maintenance, which would be low watering. And something that's good to look at, right? And there's only one plant that comes to mind, or one type of plant, for me at least. And that's a succulent, okay? Low water, doesn't really need a ton of sun. You just put it by the window. You, just, you can literally put it anywhere, and it's great.
0: I feel like millennials are way into succulents too. Yeah, hipsters and millennials—that's millennial. right up our lane.
1: I like a, I like a good succulent. For
0: me, I've always been into bonsai trees. Never owned one, but ever since I was a little boy, going to our local strawberry days festival parade yeah. event, and sure. walking through our local park and seeing those little vendors with all the bonsai trees, yeah, I'm that's like, pretty cool. Those are sweet. I was
1: just really into Asian culture.
0: I wasn't into the anime and the I have Goku and and all that stuff.
1: I have like seven swords. That's weird, but I liked the Asian culture. I had nunchucks once. Sweet. So you like a bonsai? I like a succulent. My wife really likes a succulent as well, like a, a good cacti cactus in your in your house. Great. It's it's kind of like whoa. Keep your distance because it can poke you but it is pretty and it's very low maintenance great house plant but we are not actually talking about house no, plants no we're today. not what are we talking
0: about John? we're talking about us being house plants oh oh i think he doesn't think know I'm if he little, should be offended i am a little
1: higher ma- high maintenance higher maintenance <laughs> than a than a succulent
0: let me explain it. Uh, i some- eat three
1: meals a day preferably pizza rolls <laughs> Brittany,
0: take notes. Your <laughs> man ahead. is telling you what he wants.
1: All right. We so, are houseplants.
0: Go. Psalm 92, 13 says this. Those who are planted in the house of God. Sounds like houseplants to me. Okay. I get what you're saying. Those you who said. are planted in the house of God will flourish in the courts of their God. I'm talking about growing, mm. sowing and growing in the church, in the house of God as houseplants. Yeah. Uh, I did a little research going into the difference of house plants and outdoor plants. In preparing for this podcast, and I got on this blog with, forget the gentleman's name, but he was smart in terms of houseplants. And he started to describe the difference of houseplants and outdoor plants. And let's be honest, houseplants are somewhat of a newer invention. Hmm. Uh, There were not houses when God first made (laughs) heaven and earth. It was external. So man created houseplants to be inside of houses, and they have more specific needs than just outdoor plants. And I thought of how we are a specific creation from God opposed to everything else. Yeah. We go to a church, big plug for our church, New Creation Church of Glenwood Springs, 44761 Highway 6 and 24, Glenwood Springs, Colorado, 81601. That's that our address. sounded rehearsed. I just, have, I just have ordered so many things on Amazon for the church that I know the address. But we have three services on Sunday. We love it there. But our church is called New Creation Church yeah. because that's exactly what we are, new creations of God. Mm. And actually, that means new in kind, like a new species. And houseplants are really newly developed species of plants that are made to be grown inside a house and kept inside of a house. Okay. So right off the bat, I want to get this point. We all start as outside plants. We're outside of the house of God. We're outside of God's family. And when we get born again, we become houseplants. And you can't treat a houseplant like an outdoor plant. No. Because outdoor plants are subject to the elements, the elements yeah. and external forces influencing and feeding their life when house plants are really have to be taken care of by the owner of the house. And we know that God is the owner of our house. I like where you're going And he's the owner of the house of God, the church. He is the head of the church. His son is. And his diet, his feeding for us is exactly what we need to grow. So the best place to grow, and this is my main takeaway. We're going to refer to it. The best place to grow is in the house. In the house. So Jonathan, do you have any stories? I mean, we... Jonathan really has grown up in the house of God
1: grew up. I've grown up in the church my entire life. PK. Yeah. I was a PK, uh, a PK, which would be associate pastors kid. Oh, Um, just FYI. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I've got a lot of things. I mean, I remember being in children's church and my children's church leader, his name was Dwayne Gaiman. And we didn't have the fancy pro presenter and the cool music and live band. It was just, he put on a tape, like he would wind it up with his finger like backwards and put it in the tape player because it was broken, it wouldn't rewind. And we would play like a song um, and sometimes it would work. Have you ever noticed on a tape player how it like will go up and down in tone and mm-hmm. pitch and everything? Like on Like yeah. that's exactly how it was. And so we're trying to sing like, That Jesus loves me, um, tape (laughs) version. It just was not going very well. And I remember he'd have a postcard, a big, huge, like big, huge uh, poster board, and he'd have the lyrics written on it, and he'd hold it up, and he'd make us all sing. And then at the end of the time, he'd be like, "All right, girls." You can go and have snack time. Boys, not all of you were singing, and we are not leaving this room until every boy sings the song. And I would just sit there. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And we'd all just be singing. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And be like, nope, nope. Andrew and Gabe in the back, you are not singing. We're doing it again. And I remember just being like, please, I just want to eat an Oreo. And then yeah there i have a ton of stories but the but, crazy thing yeah, is though it was funny is what do you do right now in the church though i am a, the worship leader for the church and so i am now singing come on. all the time
0: so thank you dwayne yeah
1: thank you dwayne because <laughs> back then i did not want to sing
0: so so we you. have full tons of stories because not only have we grown up in the house of god uh i got it to the party late i didn't i came to church for a brief amount of time between the time i was 7 to 10 but then I started going again when I was 16, Jonathan, pretty much his whole life, right? You were yeah. in church. Uh But parents, I want to let you know and this is not just because I'm a youth minister. Uh it's important to have your kids growing in the house of God.
1: I would agree.
0: It's essential. 400%. And I'm so thankful for the things that I've got growing in the house of God and we're not just talking about physical growth limits. Really, we never stop growing hopefully so no matter if you've reached your educational cap or you've reached your physical growth cap maybe like me maybe need a second need green a chair and a booster seat, seat. <laughs> your your toes maybe just barely scratching the carpet during this podcast but your toes your
1: toenails never stop growing that's true weird fact i'm sorry for distracting he's full
0: of those things i am uh Go for he it. just told me about this morning (laughs) about crawdads and how tell them that real fast
1: here's a quick side journey did you know crawdads or any type of arthropod um crustacean in the sea uh we'll just take crawdads lobsters um they really don't die of old age they die because they get so big that they can't molt their exoskeleton so in theory if you were to help a lobster shed its exoskeleton, it could grow as big as a house. Well, maybe not that big, but it could become a giant, almost deity-like lobster. If you help it, molt. So,
0: With God, all things are possible.
1: <laughs> With God, all things are possible, but sometimes those things should not be tried.
0: Like, Amen. That might be your wisdom of the day, but hopefully we draw remotely. something else yeah, from I'm sorry. this. That
1: was, that was it. That was the <laughs> pup going off the leash.
0: Yes, we referenced before how it's we always old. have a main point, and that is the uh is it the leash or is it the pup the the point is the pup and the leash is our conversation and sometimes the conversation will go out but we'll wrangle it back in yes and where i'm wrangling it back in is growing up in the church i've recognized there's some things that make being in the house and growing in the house great and i'm just going to share some things that i've noticed Mm. that make it great come on the first thing being overall diversity that's a
1: that's a buzzword. That's a hot
0: topic. You know, I know some of you, are, oh goodness, here he goes. He said diversity. Hold <laughs> on to your horses, cowboy. <laughs> Listen to what I'm talking about. Diversity of ages. Okay. This is big. This is huge. The Bible says that the younger are to learn from the older. Yeah. And the younger ladies should learn from the older ladies. The younger men should be learning from the older men. And I'm so thankful for the older people. In the church that have poured into my life here at New Creation Church. Uh, I'm thinking of a guy named Lee McKelfresh and just going to his house or having helping him. He's a mechanic and taking things apart and him talking to me and asking me questions and just knowing the fact that they had been where I had been, Mm -hmm. they had been my age. And many of them had walked with God and some of them had not walked with God. And some of them had arrived at crossroads in their life that I was about to get to. And they gave me their wisdom before I ever got there. And I was able to learn from their experience instead of my own experience. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Diversity of ages. Yeah.
1: Well, we took a small group based on this entire point. I mean, I did. I don't think you were a part of that small group, but it's called generational synergy. And really, I feel like we, we hear the, the phrase history repeats itself. Like, I mean, it's probably inevitable, but there's a lot of things that won't repeat themselves if we have the proper generational synergy. I think that's a lot of the times why mistakes keep getting repeated is because younger generations refuse to learn from those who went before. Because you said this, that people who are older than us have been in our position. We have never been in their position. So you Gen Zs, you millennials who think you know Pay attention. I'm a millennial and I tend to think I know a lot of things like molting exoskeletons, right? But here's the, here's the, the thing, people who are older than us have experienced our life and we have never experienced where they're at. So there is wisdom to be gleaned as much as you want to buck against it. They know more about that season of life than you do because you, guess what? You're not a time traveler. You cannot jump to the future and learn. The way you can jump to the future really is by gleaning from someone older than you got to have generational synergy.
0: Absolutely. And we as a church are called to fight against the course of this world. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading a book by a believer, but not a Christian book. It was on society and the United States of America and the course that America is going on. It was by a Senator of Nebraska and the title of the book was called the vanishing American adult. And it was on how we are not maturing As much as we used to in previous generations. And one of the main things he drew from was back in the 1800s and going into the early 1900s, young people spent the majority of their time with people older than themselves. Now, under the new educational system, kids spend time with kids, and kids can't really teach (laughs) kids how to grow and mature. How to
1: pick a nose. Yeah,
0: they can. Mind Go that gold out. <laughs> <laughs> and he even said that even in the value of life itself, that there is such a lack of respect for death and life in children these days. And he said back in the 1800s, kids would spend their time with their grandparents and would watch their grandparents die. And they had a great respect for the gift of life in itself. And before the 1800s, God had a plan that the younger learned from the older. I'm thankful for the diversity of age that I've received from here at the church. I'm about to get married. And just Sunday, one of our great people of a different generation walked up to me after prayer. Bucky. Gotta love Bucky. Bucky. Quiet strength came up to me and started talking to me about being married. He didn't have to, but he wanted to be obedient to the Bible. Mm. So thankful for diversity of ages, but even more than that diversity of people, the world likes to uh, broadcast diversity, but I live in a body where there's no Jew, there's no Greek. There's, it's just one. We're one people before God and the church is a great place to see that I, uh, About two years ago, we had such diversity in our young adult group. I remember we had some people from Indonesia. We had somebody from Brazil. We had somebody from Africa. And we had cowboys. And we had all these different people. And you don't. You had hipsters. You drew all these different people together and it's in the church.
1: Yeah.
0: And the place that we miss it with diversity is so often we want diversity in things that we shouldn't have diversity in because it actually keeps us from growing. Diversity should come from personality, from experience, but there should be something of a shared vision that always binds us together. And that's another thing about the church is that we all share a shared vision of Jesus Christ himself, crucified and resurrected and that pulls us together yeah. we all are coming together for jesus right. and that's why we are able to see such great diversity we have this guy fernando you know fernando, I know fernando. so you wrote it. he's like 22 and he's a super gen z uh no. i don't get him i love the guy i don't get him <laughs> he makes me laugh like no other but then there's this other guy named air gel mm. and they literally have nothing in mm-hmm. common no they if they found each other on the street, they would probably walk the opposite direction, but they both come to the young adult group. And after every young adult group, they get in one another's vehicles. One's 21, one's like 37. (laughs) And they go and eat at McDonald's together. (laughs) Why? Because they have the shared vision of Jesus. That's brought them together, man. I am just so thankful for the diversity of the church.
1: Me too. I will. That's so important. You're talking about, we, we have to have diversity in the right things. Um, like personality. Um, but, really we talk about having a shared vision well let's just break down what the word division means Mm. you break that down the word die the greek word die meaning to it's not super profound And then vision. So you get division by having two separate visions. So when you're like, everybody come, I love diversity. I love diversity. If it's diversity of vision, you will have division. Because if it's more than one vision, especially when it comes to the body of Christ, and we're seeing that now where we are promoting and accepting things that we haven't in years past because different visions are being brought and we need to get back to one singular vision, which is promoting the gospel of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. Otherwise, we're not going to make any type of forward progress. Um, And that's another buzzword nowadays, progress, right? Progression, uh, progressive, right? But really to to progress in the kingdom of God, you have to have one singular vision. So diversity of personality, diversity of gifts, diversity of race. Great. Love it. Come sit at the table. Mm -hmm. But we all have to be centered around a singular vision. Otherwise, you have die, two visions.
0: Most institutions of the world are gathered together by interest. Mm -hmm. These We share similar interests, but interest cannot keep you through hard times. Eventually, that's not strong enough to keep you, but a vision or a cause can keep you. And the vision of Jesus and the cause of Christ is enough to keep us together. And as we grow, this is another great thing that I've noticed about being a house plant in the house is that as you grow and as you start to develop with people and you're, you seem so different, but you have the same vision. You have the same cause. You realize the people that you're growing with are more than just friends that you've developed. They're the family of God. And when people become family, it's harder to leave. It's harder to disengage from because they're more than just friends. They're family. That's so big to me. I look to the people at my church as more than just friends. I have acquaintances yeah. in the world. I I know people. They seem nice in the community. But my goodness, the people who go to my church that I share life with on Sunday and at events I go to throughout the week—they're more than just mm. friends. They're, they're my family and God. Come on, we're Olive
1: Garden here, man.
0: When you're here, you're family. <laughs> no free breadsticks. How yet. about those breadsticks though? Zuppa Toscana, endless yeah. salad. All right, uh, we're starting to talk about.
1: <laughs> I'm a chicken and gnocchi kind of guy.
0: I like the zuppa toscana. That's good. It's very good. Actually, once I had, once you introduced me to that other soup, it yeah. might be better. I'm willing yeah, to say that
1: chicken and gnocchi, but you get the breadsticks and you get those Andy's mints at the end. Anyways, when you're here, your family—that's Olive Garden's slogan—but mm-hmm. the church is the same thing. Mm-hmm. When you're there, your family,
0: and you realize the people that are around you are family as well. Mm-hmm. One last thing, I want to talk about that. I really realized about growing up in the house of God is that we all have gifts and those gifts are best learned from the person who gave you the gift. Mm -hmm. So who gave us the gifts that we have? Paul said this, what do you have in life that has not been given? We've gotten everything that we have from God and the house of God is the best place to learn about the gifting. So often we try to learn about what we have first and foremost. I'm not saying you can't supplement your education on what God's put inside of you from external sources, but we look to school counselors or magazines instead of growing in the house of God with the gifts that God gave us in his house. And I know I didn't even know I was good at the things I was good at until I started to walk in them inside the house of God. And you learn about the purpose of a thing from the person who invented the thing. And That's where the purpose is not known, say it.
1: Abuse is inevitable.
0: And I don't want to abuse the gifts of God in my life. I want them to grow, yeah. I want them to develop, and I want to be useful for the master's mm-hmm. work. And those things happen yeah. in the house. That's a word of wisdom from Pastor Mark. That is. Sorry. Props to our pastor from being planted right. in the house. Where, where
1: purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. And again, you learn from your, you learn about your gift from the gift giver. So many people are abusing their gifts because they don't understand the purpose. And that's why when you buy a microwave, it says, don't try and dry a pet in here. Because someone at some point in history in the invention of the microwave thought it would be a good idea to dry Fluffy in the microwave. And what happened is Fluffy didn't just dry out. Fluffy exploded. <laughs> so it was an abuse of the purpose of the thing.
0: And the example of this is look at the people who start singing in a church and their gifts are growing. They're learning about them, their life more. And God's goal for us is not just for our gifts to grow, but our life to grow with the gift. And then somebody entices them to teach them about their gift and use it for the world instead. And then they end up being abused by their gifting instead of grown by the gifting.
1: Mm.
0: Those are the things that make me appreciate growing in the house of God.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about Mickey Mouse Club and all those singers who came up in that, like Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and all of them gifts given to them by God, no doubt about it, but just applied in the wrong area, grown in the wrong area. And really those people are suffering nowadays. I wish, I wish those were uh, planted and flourishing in the house jessica simpson another one of them yeah
0: i remember being about
1: Hmm.
0: 12 years old and the movie ray came out about ray charles oh yeah and my oldest brother asked my parents if they could take me to ray and it's a really intense movie (laughs) he gets addicted to heroin (laughs) and it takes his life down but he started off singing in church and he left the church
1: whitney houston sorry
0: go ahead Katy perry elvis Look at all these people. <laughs> we could probably go on and you're like, okay, get off okay, it. Okay, stop. But this goes back to and maybe we can wrap this up in the conclusion, is that if we want to flourish, we have to be planted in the house. And house plants grow better indoors than outside. You wanna know why? Cause it's a controlled habitat for growth. Yeah. If you're outside, you have to be subject if uh well, is a rainstorm gonna come through. And it's going to affect the growth of that plant. But inside, it's all dependent upon the person who decided to put that in the house. And the Bible says that we're placed in the body as it pleases him. God placed you in the body. And you best believe that he knows what you need to grow and for your gifts to grow in the house. The safest place for you is not out in the world. It's inside the house.
1: I want to say really there's a big difference between just attending church and being planted in the church. Um, very big difference. And so if you might just, you might come on Sundays, that's great. I applaud you. You're coming, you're getting fed, but and more than just coming, we need to be planted. Um, and I'm reminded of a parable that Jesus shared in the Bible and it's the parable of the lost coin. And there's a lot of different things that we can glean and take from this. Um, because really I think the main point from this is talking about, um, Someone coming into the kingdom of God, but it's a lady, she had 10 coins and um, she lost one of those coins. And so she looked everywhere. She overturned tables. She went all out and about trying to find this coin. She eventually found it. But the, the interesting thing was that she found it in the house. Um, and so you can be in the house and still be lost. And that's really the difference between just attending out of obligation or thinking that is doing something and actually being planted. So just know that you can be attending church, you can be in the house, and you can still be lost. Just like that coin, it was lost in the house. So don't just come to church, plant your roots deep, build relationship and fellowship with people of all age groups, generations, and watch yourself start to flourish. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Moving from that, it's wild, but we learn that we grow with people we would not choose. And yeah. Jesus did that. The disciples, he had fishermen and he had tax collectors. Fishermen were not the Einsteins of the day. They were not the upper echelon of society. But tax collectors, even though they weren't like, they were on the upper side of society. Society, and that's the different people that come together that never would have come together. And the Bible says that the church is made to demonstrate and reflect the manifold wisdom of God, the many sided wisdom of God. And I believe there's something so recognizable of God's power when people operate in love towards one another that never would have been with each other if it hadn't been for God putting them together, the wisdom of God shown. We learn that people become more than friends, they become family. And I know for millennials, I'm not sure about Gen Z, but community is a big yeah. deal with millennials. Man, I'm just looking for community. The best place to find Do community. life with people. Do life with people, man. It's about more than just, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means, yeah. <laughs> the best community you can find is with people who are in the family of God. Man, I'm so thankful for my blood family. But my spirit family is no less important to me than my blood family. It's awesome what God has done. And praise God, I'm just recapping. The gifts that we have are from God. He gave them. And the purpose of a thing is in the mind of the creator of a thing. So let's grow our gifts in the house of God because he created our gifts. He's growing our gifts and he's maintaining our gifts.
1: And our gifts are for his glory. When Mm. I think about when we stand before him and we present our life to him, the Bible says that that's gonna be the day of judgment. And it's not to really scare you, but whatever's wood, hay and stubble, whatever's chaff, whatever's not pure and refined um, is going to be burnt away. And so a lot of times, um, you know, when when we were, sorry, getting tongue-tied, when we are promoting our gifts for our own glory, It's something that's temporary and will fade away. And as much accolades as we acquire in our life when we get to heaven, if it's not for His glory, it means nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so letting those gifts grow in the place that He's planted you, the church, is the best way to bring Him glory.
0: So often people feel like they've been burned by church, and I don't deny that. I believe it's not because the church is the worst place. I believe that you created a heart connection with people that's very real. And oftentimes, the people closest to you, you invest the most expectation upon them. And since you've expected more out of them, right, wrong, or indifferent, you're able to be hurt more by them. And that's something, maybe go back to our bitter or better and go through it. But I want to let you know, when I was looking at that blog about houseplants, they said a thing about house plants is that disease resistance and eradication within plants is much easier for house plants than external plants. You think of external plants, they're subject to all the elements and they go and they experience wind and things hit them and animals bring things to them and they're subject to all the outside influences. You may feel like you're safer outside of the house than you are inside of the house. I'm here to tell you You're safer inside the house. You're more disease resistant. There's less infection. And Mm -hmm. if you do get infected, it's easier to get out of that infection in the house than it is outside of the house. What's your wisdom of the (sighs) day, brother?
1: Well, I got to reverse my train of thought here. Oh, sorry. Do you have something else? Well, no, just there, the house is the covering. I just think of you look in the animal kingdom An animal doesn't, or a lion doesn't attack the strongest, you know, uh, what is the word? This not a bison animal. Uh... How
0: about zebra? Because sure. they, they attack we'll zebras. Lions it, attack it, zebras. Yeah,
1: it doesn't attack the strongest one in the herd. It, it, it attacks water buffalo. That's what I'm trying to okay. say. A water buffalo. Okay, we got a minute left. A lion doesn't attack the strongest water buffalo in the middle of the herd. It it attacks the the sick and the weak and the young and those who have separate. what what has happened is those who are the ones that are falling away from the herd. So. The best place is being in the covering of the house. It's being in the middle of the herd.
0: My wisdom of the day is that the church has the best reflection and demonstration of diversity. Diversity of people, but shared vision. And that's what makes the church ongoing, lasting, and the church will not end. It's going to go right in to forever. And thank you. That's all that we have.
1: Yeah. We'll see you next week. We're going to have our first honorary guest on the podcast next week. You'll have to figure out who it is. Actually, it'll probably be in the title. That's okay. Do we want to pray? Yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Go for it.
0: Father God, I thank you so much for choosing to have me in the house. Father God, I thank you that I'm thankful that you chose to have me, not just in a house, but your house and you choose us and place us in a place for us to grow, for us to develop, and for you to maintain and grow our lives. So Father God, I thank you for us, Pastor Jonathan and myself, that we're growing, but also those that here, they would find themselves in the house, they'd plant themselves, and they would flourish. In Jesus' name, amen.